I'm Julie Hyde, and I believe you can't be a leader of others until you are a leader of self. It all starts with leading you. So if you are ready to be the best leader that you can be, you're in the right place. I'll be chatting to a diverse range of leaders who will spill the beans on their leadership, how they changed the game, insights into their mindset, and how they built the courage and resilience to be a modern leader with impact. Let's get into it. With me today is Joe Gaines, and Joe has spent over 20 years working for and with technology and media companies. The list includes Salesforce, Crux, CBS, Yahoo, Kidspot, and Census. Most recently, as Area Vice President for Salesforce Retail and Consumer Goods Industry, Joe led the company's business development and marketing efforts. Jo's greatest passions are friendships, motherhood, and equality, and she has two beautiful daughters. She is an ambassador for women's community shelters and also loves weight training, breathwork, meditation, and is completing her yoga teacher training. And Jo really tries to live a healthy lifestyle in mind and body. And we're going to be chatting a little bit about Jo's story and how this built her resilience and shaped her into the incredible woman and that she is today. So welcome, Jo. Thank you, Julie. I'm so grateful that you got in touch and I'm here to share a bit of the story with you today. Absolutely. So let's jump into it. And if we can start with that, if you can just share your story, because it will really set the framework for our conversation today. Sure. So I'm going to share a little snippet. I grew up very much with a single mum who is quite determined and focused and disciplined, and I've taken on a lot of those attributes. I started my career thinking I wanted to be a journalist and I still have passions to write. So I look to you for some inspiration there, Julie. And I ended up working, you know, fell into advertising, fell into selling and have always really loved the art of selling. But more than that, I love leadership and the impact that you can have as a leader on so many people, not just in your team, but across a business and across an industry and, you know, well and truly beyond where you think you touch people, you tend to touch people. And so that's it's something that I'm incredibly excited to talk to you about because I know that this is an area you investigate often, but what is great leadership and how does your own life experience help shape better or uh, more informed leadership as you go through your career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it it really does, you may hear a good point, because your reach can extend far beyond your team. And in sharing your story with people, it really gives others hope. It inspires hope in them. And it thinks, oh, if Joe's done this, well, I can do it too. So which is really powerful. So now you've been through a huge life change recently. So can you share with us a little bit bit about what that was and how you're feeling about it? 
Yeah. So many people would have seen who, who probably more people who work in technology, but those who read the news would have seen a lot of changes, a lot of fluctuations in technology businesses. I think during the pandemic, right in the heart of it, many consumer facing businesses, you know, face some challenges right in the heart of it. And then a lot of technology companies started to feel the impact of it later on. And I was working for Salesforce and I was one of the people who was impacted by changes to, you know, structure, restructuring, a lot of redundancies. And I decided and, you know, was given the opportunity to take a redundancy, which was pretty confronting given, you know, nine years of my life was spent investing into the solutions and the solving the business challenges that Salesforce can and does and continues to. Initially, I felt a little lost. I felt, you know, all those stages of grieving and we've all been through so much grief in the last few years that I think it was familiar but also I was exhausted from it. And then that sort of took a a couple of weeks, but then I thought, how do I want this to go? You know, I can either choose to treat this as an opportunity and part of the path I'm supposed to be on, or I can uh, choose to, you know, wallow in it and perhaps jump on the first thing that comes along and jump into something else. And I was planning to take long service leave next year, So I decided that I was going to give myself a break and I really haven't had a break, a proper break, more than a couple of weeks since I went backpacking in my late teens, early 20s and also I had three months off when I had both of my children but I don't call that a break. And I decided that it was about time I really invested in myself. I felt as well that you know, during the pandemic, we all really rallied together. It was tough, but everyone was going through the same. Everyone was in similar circumstances. Everyone everywhere was impacted somehow by COVID. And I feel coming out of it, I meet so many people in social settings and business settings who are either about to make a change, have made a change, a change has been forced upon them in their career, And I decided, you know, this was the change that I needed as well. I was poked, I guess you'd say, by uh, my yoga instructor who was running a course called Spiritually Fit, which was a three-month program of breathwork and meditation. And she suggested very gently to me that now might be a good time for me to do that. And it was starting right as I was able to have some time off. And it was just really serendipitous because I suddenly was thrown into this place where I was in a circle with these amazing women and I had to talk about why I was here. And I, you know, I broke down and said, I'm here because I'm not working. I don't have a job anymore. And it's such a big part of my identity. And I need to figure out how to get through this. And breathwork and meditation, I know it sounds so cliche, Julie, but it has become a part of my life 
that is integral and will continue to be going forward. And I know a lot of people struggle with meditation. For me, being able to focus on the breath and doing the breath work before you go into the meditation was the game changer. So a lot there, but yeah, not a situation I, I thought I'd be in. And a lot of people across a lot of businesses impacted, not performance-based, you know, very much about just we need to change the structure. We need to increase the focus on profit. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story. And like I said, there's a lot in there. So I've taken some notes from that. So first of all, I really admire your mindset and I'll tap into that in a second. But you mentioned grief, which I think is something that is really relevant when we're going through a change whether it's welcome or unwelcomed, as you say, you worked for Salesforce for nine years. That's a big chunk of your life. So understanding that you, you know, might be grieving, whether it be the company, the connections, the certainty, their um, significance of having such a big role as well. Uh, is something I completely resonate with because when I left um, my corporate career after 21 years, I'd grown up there. That was my identity as well. And I'm like, well, who am I if I'm not, you know, Julia-eyed at um, NAB or who am I if I don't have that big red star behind me? And, yeah, a huge grieving process for me and I really, I found the transition very hard. So I didn't find meditation or like the power of breath until very recently in my life. So I certainly can endorse the power of what you're saying because it makes such a difference in terms of grounding you and just enabling you to see a lot more clearly. Oh, absolutely. And we went through, we've gone through, the first month was all about finding ease. The second month was all about shiva energy and what are the things that you're going to blow up or let go of to make space for then the you know third month was all about welcoming in lakshmi and lakshmi is the female goddess who is all about wealth and abundance and you know we had to go through that transition to find you know to be open to welcome in that abundance and I really believe nothing's nothing happens by chance, nothing's by accident. I can't begin to tell you the things that are coming into my world, having gone through that process, wealth and abundance. It's incredible when you open your mind to possibility and not having to control every situation and outcome. Yes, 100%. So now you touched on, uh, you mentioned before that you realize that you had the opportunity to see this as well an opportunity <laughs> to do something or something that's going to limit you so where did that mindset come from because not a lot of people we're wired to see the negative in situations as humans so and and not a lot of people see this you know things as an opportunity especially first up so is that something that you've done throughout your life? Is it? Is it? Has it been learnt through um, situation? Oh yeah, I certainly have not 
been, uh, no, I haven't responded like this all through my life. I think I've well, you certainly had my fair share of, you know, anger and hurt and sadness. And initially I did have a why me experience, but I think that the resilience is, is really what it is, comes with maturity for sure, but it also comes with just what I said, letting go of control and not trying to rigidly, you know, work in within these guidelines of this is where I thought I'd be and this is what I thought I'd be doing and doesn't everyone know how great I am? I think a great lesson through all of it, I did have a teeny tiny regret that I actually went on holidays with my kids in January and I worked a lot during that. And now I certainly recognise and appreciate that doesn't matter how hard you work, it doesn't matter how many hours you put in, things can happen, unexpected things can happen. And so it, this is not groundbreaking stuff. You've heard, heard it before, no doubt, but prioritise the things that should be prioritised and don't, you know, if I hadn't worked during those holidays, would it have been a different outcome? Quite possibly not. So teaching myself to recognise what's important and even with the breath work, like could I choose not to do 20 minutes in the morning? Absolutely, yes. But when I choose to do it, I know how much better I feel. So it's always a choice, but how am I going to prioritise things that make me feel better and make me feel like I'm living a life that is the life I really want to live. Absolutely. And they are powerful lessons as well because, um, you know, when we step away, it can give us really great perspective on what's going on. And when you're in it, you can't see it. It's just your routine. It's what you do. And I really admire you for being able to let go of control because I really see that as a really courageous move. But, um, you know, back to what you said about, you know, you might have heard this before. I don't believe that anyone can ever hear this too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Power of repetition, right? Absolutely. The power of repetition, the power of choice. We all too easily slip back into routine and the busyness of life. I've seen it through my work with busy because um, obviously I've got a radio up for it and people make all of these grand plans at the start of the year and uh, as to what they're not going to do and by February they're doing exactly what they said they're not going to do so um I don't believe that anyone can ever hear it too much <laughs> agree agree and on that topic actually Julie I I equally have lots of grand plans and there's lots of things that I want to do uh, I turned 47 in June and I decided to make a list of 47 things that I want to do because I would love to go to every country. I would love to do every course. I would love to, there's so many plans I have and I thought I need to get down the 47 things that are really must-dos in this lifetime and hopefully I get to all of them. And the power of that as well to go, 
you know, these are the important things and ticking them off. One of them was going to Tasmania, which I did about a week and a half ago. And so having this freedom as well to really prioritise what are the things I want to achieve in my life and then time to even do some of them now has been just such a special, yeah, I feel really lucky to have the time and space for it. Absolutely, such a gift, and I love that forty-seven things. <laughs> yeah, thought well, I'm going to wait till I'm fifty. Why wait till I'm fifty? I got to do forty-seven. That's okay. Absolutely, a hundred percent, and doing it while you can, because life can change on a dime. Yep, I know. You know that. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, what are a couple of other things on your forty-seven? You know, I want to do the. Uh, my dream, and I'm thinking about this too, right? Where do I want to be five years from now? And I do think I can help boards with both technology and leadership and what sort of what's the sort of leadership framework that makes us mo- most effective in business. So I'd like to be on boards. So one of the things is doing the board director's course. But also, you know, another thing is I really want to write a novel, I want to write fiction and I, I've got the fundamentals of it. Started writing it when I was quite young and I'm going to pick it back up and I would like to publish a book and I, I don't care if it's not a bestseller but I, it's just something that I want to do. So that's on there. So, you know, travel's a big part but there's lots of just things and it helps give you clarity that when you're planning a trip or you've got some time or, you know, is it on my list? And if it's not on my list, does something need to come off my list to put something on? And I know something like my my 15-year-old said to me the other day, I don't like goals, mum. So we had this whole conversation about goals and goal setting. And I think she sees goals as being these big, crazy things that, you know, really hard to achieve and they're out there into the future. But making goals smaller things as well. The small things, I love this book called The Slight Edge, which talks about the small things you do with consistency over time to get to an outcome like compounding interest. And so we talked we talked a bit about that, those small goals as well, just so important. Yes, I love that. Now I'd love to tap into, you mentioned the word before about your resilience because you've built up an enormous amount of resilience and people talk about this so much. And I really feel from what I've seen and heard that there is a big problem with resilience now um, with a lot of our younger generation, not all, but some. Um, so what do you think resilience is and what does it feel like for you? It's funny because I was talking to my, I have, a, I have a business coach and I was talking to her the other day and I said, part of me feels a little bit like a fraud because I am not sad, I'm not worried, I'm not, you know, all of these things. And she said to me, what you're describing to me is, resilience. That is what you're saying. You should not feel bad for those things. That is a mindset. That is an ability to actually manage your 
thoughts and manage, you know, keep that pressure gauge. It doesn't mean that things don't get to you. It doesn't mean that you don't have feelings and emotions, but you're able to actually appreciate that it's all going to be okay, that everything is part of your story and everything is part of your journey. And some journeys are shorter than others. Some are longer, who knows, but it is all going to be okay. You will get through. And that to me is resilience, not this overwhelm of how do I see a way through. It's the clarity of it's going to be okay. I'm going to have to, you know, stay focused and taking care of myself. I'm going to need to do those things like the breath work and meditation that put me on the right path. That's on me, but it it will actually be okay. And I I've seen this with some other people who have been through different life changes, just feeling this sense of overwhelm and dread and not being able to pull themselves out of that funk. Being able to do that, that's resilience to me. Yes, 100%. And it's on you. Like it can't be up to anyone else. It's on you. It's really not. I, I agree. Yeah, I've been through heaps of challenges in my life too. I mean, I don't think you get to an age, you know, my age if you haven't. Or you've lived a pretty charmed life. And uh, it's like, it's just knowing, okay, so I've been through whatever you've been through before. I can get through this. And like you say, you believe it's okay. So if you believe it's okay, you're going to find a way out of it. Mm, Yeah. I think the other thing I would love to touch on, Julie, is that, I said before, I'm meeting so many people who are going through a change, either their choice or, you know, it's something that they didn't really see coming. And I'm wondering if as leaders we need to just be more conscious of this change that's happening and going back to where we were during the pandemic all sort of rallying together, like I was part of our response team and it was how do we connect with people more often? How do we have make, you know, monthly all hands into daily check-ins? How do we, and I think in some places and spaces, we've just quickly, you know, the elastic bands just pulled back to where we were and we've gone back to monthly all hands and we've gone back to we want you all in the office and we want you to, you know, and we've lost that ability to reach in and go, when are you at your best? How do you want me to communicate? What communication works best for you? For some people, those daily check-ins were a game changer. For other people, they were total pain. So how do you now as a leader check in to help your team get through, but also to help build resilience in them as well? Yeah, 100%. And it's really about understanding each of your team member individually. It's not the the blanket rule, the one side fits all. You can't lead like that anymore. I totally agree with you. It's just not going to fly. I know it can be really painful for leaders and often they think they don't have the time to do it. But I am of the opposite. I believe that you can't not have the time to do that. Like you must make time for your people because your people are the power in your business and they are going to achieve your results. It's not your systems, it's not your structure, it's not your frameworks, it's not your processes, it's the people who do it. So, Jared, my goodness, I could speak to you for ages and I would love to just tap on one thing because um, when 
we initially spoke, you shared that you have a personal board and uh, I think that's really powerful. Can you share a little bit about that with our listeners? Because I, you know, at the start of this process of where do I want to be in five years, what type of leader do I want to work with? So I actually um, some of the things that I went through, Julie, and happy to share this with your audience and for people to reach out to me if they want more information. But I worked with my coach on a decision matrix of, you know, what type of organization do I want to work for? What kind of values do they need to have? And within that, what am I prepared to negotiate on and what am I not prepared to negotiate on? And then I also had a look at leadership. What type of leader do I want to work with? What sorts of qualities do they have? What sorts of qualities do they bring out of me? You know, where have I experienced that before and what does it look like? And again, you know, putting that down, writing it down, manifesting, kind of putting it out there, going, this is what I'm looking for. Amazing how that comes to you as long as you're patient. But I started to talk to a lot of people about companies I was looking at, people I might want to work with, and I started getting lots of opinions and lots of points of view and lots of people saying, oh, I don't think that's right for you. Oh, I don't think you'll enjoy it there. And I had to go, okay, whose opinion really matters to me and why is that? And sure, I can talk to other people. I need to be careful about what I share because I don't want to take on a lot of that. But who, if someone in my inner circle, and this became my personal board, says to me, I don't think that's right for you, how am I going to respond to that? And I'm going to respond to that quite differently to someone who's not on that personal board. And the personal board consists of all of the people or all of the roles that you would have on any leadership team. So a CFO, a COO a CEO, and, you know, I have different people in my life who play those roles for different reasons because they're good at understanding where should I go financially and what should that look like and what should I be prepared to sacrifice there and then others who can who understand what my strengths and weaknesses are and how those might work or not work in a certain situation. So I encourage people to look at who's in your network and it is both a mix of mentors and friends and family, but who are the people that you really trust, who you know have your best interests at heart, get them on your personal board, again, write it down, and then just think when you're making decisions and someone has an opinion, does that opinion really matter to me or will I just let that go? Yeah. Super powerful and um, you're right. You can't take on everyone's opinion. It's got to be the right people that you're listening to, those you respect and, you know, value their opinion and who are going to offer you, you know, really equal and, um, you know, really powerful advice for you. So, Joe, that's such a great note to finish on and um, this has been an awesome chat Thank you so much for sharing the power of your story and um, for the benefit of everyone listening today. And I'll share links as to where people can get in touch with you on the show notes. 
And thank you for all that you're doing in this leadership space. And I really hope that you get on to boards and I can't wait to read your novel. (laughs) Thank you so much, Julie. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you and listening to so many of your great podcast episodes. It's created lots of conversations on my personal board as well. So really appreciate the opportunity and thank you for giving me the time. Pleasure, Joe. Oh,